When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Questions podcast here on Fancy Football Scout. Today we will be having a review of what feels like the worst game week of FPL we have had in, well there was one earlier on in the season which I think we said the same thing but this feels like it was even worse. The worst we've had in a while unless you had a pretty select pool of differentials who seemed to do well. There were three forwards who scored this week who scored anything more than two, one of which was Archer, who was sat on our bench. The other ones were Antonio and then someone else very random as well. So yeah, it was one of those weeks. But Andy is not with us today. He's very busy with work. So I get my choice of guests as we do when there's one of us unavailable. And today, after being asked on a couple of weeks ago and you being busy, uh, Sam, welcome on. Thanks, Harry. I really appreciate it. Yeah, firstly, just yeah, thanks so much for inviting me on. Um, I feel like it's big, big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, Andy's Andy's brilliant, and um, yeah, yeah. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, we managed to find one of the very few people who got a green arrow this <laughs> week to, to come on and tell us exactly how to do it every week. Um, but yeah, no, I'm good. It was a it wasn't a great week for me. I had a couple of returns in Matoma, which was an incredible. The more I watch that goal, the more I feel very fortunate that I that I got a return out of him. Um, and the other one being Jared Bowen, um, which again potentially could have been ruled out for handball as well. So I feel quite fortunate that I managed to get any return. I look at my dad's mm. team. I know you posed your dad's team, but my dad's team has uh, zero returns in it. And he is on 14 Ooh. points with Kabore and um, Archer sat on his bench. So it is, uh, yeah, one of those weeks. Just as we start, we'll just put our uh, game week. Where am I going? 
our game weeks up on screen. So I'm on 25 with just the one to play in Son. Ariola in goal, disappointing once again. Cash going off with a shoulder injury. Let's keep an eye on that. I, I expect him to be fine because he did play on for a little bit, but he has had a couple of early subs in the past couple of games. Simicast, of course, getting benched. Gabriel with two, losing his clean sheet to that Newcastle goal. We won't talk too much about VAR, but I feel like I was robbed of a clean sheet there. In midfield, Salah, vice-captain, Diaby. I mean, the Villa result was not expected by anyone. And then, yeah, Haaland, captain. If the chat could just let us know that the volume is all working fine, that would be great. But run us through your green arrow this week. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I've chatted to you before we started the stream. It's, it's basically, like you said, because of a few select players. Um, Bruno Fernandes I have still, and that's because I've not wildcarded yet, essentially. He got 11 points, and again, I've, a bit like you with Matoma, feel very fortunate. He yeah, didn't really come close to scoring that game, apart from that shot yeah. from the edge of the box that happens to go in. Um, I had Trippier um, and Mbwemo. I think they're the only three players who have returned. Um, mm. And... Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that Matoma goal because I've got Pickford in goal and I was really, with about 10 minutes to go in that game, I was thinking, wow, I'm actually going to get a clean sheet here as well and it would have been huge. But yeah, I, I definitely can't complain at the moment. So I'm on, on 34 with Son and Sterling to play again. Probably the only man in the world with Sterling still in his FPL team. Um, but yeah, kind of quietly confident that he maybe might nick something tonight. And yeah, I just, I think he'll start. He, he seems very nailed, apart from that one week where he had a knock or was ill. So um mm. And, and for any, I guess for people listening in general, a lot of people have had a bad week, but they're on 15 points, for example, but you only need about 30 for it to be a good week. If, they've got, if you've got Madison and he suddenly braces, it could suddenly turn into a, an okay or a good week very quickly for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying, sorry, the audio is low. I've turned you up a little bit, Sam. Um, so should all be fine if someone can give us a new rain check on that. Dallow on your bench, a little bit disappointing, but uh, yeah. I, as uh, looking mm. at you starting, like it, it was difficult. You were never going to bench Simakas. Or probably cash in, um, yeah, in their mm. fixtures. So it's just did, um, just one of those. But the full bench points for you again. I feel like highlights this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I consider I did consider playing Dallow over Trippier, but again, it wasn't really a, a strong consideration. I was, I was fairly set on Trippier. Yeah. And yeah, with Archer and Kabori, I guess it's like frustrating to look at, but honestly, it doesn't bother me. Like mm. the fact that it wasn't it's only frustrating if you were genuinely considering playing them. Yeah. So yeah, that that actually doesn't bother me to be honest. Having those two there, no. it's, it's nice to know that they're both starting. To be honest, just in case yeah. I do need them in a future game week. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I've uh, I support Preston and Archer played for Preston for a season, so I've got a little soft spot for him uh, as well. Yeah, Archer's an interesting one because we'll talk a little bit later about game week 13, which feels like it's starting to get a little bit of attention of how bad the fixtures are for that week. And it is the week that Sheffield United have Bournemouth at home. So I wonder if there's, you know, if Archer, well, with a nine pointer this week, if he gets anything, uh, yeah, next week against Brighton, who are leaking goals, there might be a few of us thinking, oh, we might, um, yeah, we might mm. decide to, to start him next week. So today we've got, Usual bits. We'll talk about uh, Manchester City a little bit. We'll talk about Arsenal. Um, interesting, some of their data so far this season. We'll talk once again about midfielders. Um, we'll talk briefly about defences to target um, whilst having a look at game week 13. And then we'll have a final look at our teams for next week. So, first of all, very quickly, the fixture ticket for the next six game weeks, as always, just a way to sort of set the scene of what we're looking at and what we've got coming up for us over the next few weeks. I suppose a few things that stand out to me here is, although 
Aston Villa and Spurs right down at the bottom now when you look over the next six. They're not priority sales based off their fixtures over the next few weeks. So Villa have got Fulham this week. It's whether you hold your Villa assets for that Bournemouth fixture in game week 14, but also have them against Spurs. And then Spurs, the next two are fine, but then it's that City away game. They've also got Newcastle coming up. Whereas we start to see Arsenal and like West Ham, like right at the top of the list here. So those are the ones, I mean, I don't have much Arsenal. I don't have Saka at the moment. And that's the little bit of a concern for me looking at my team. And I've got triple Villa, which is also the other probable concern for my team at the moment. Yeah, I guess the, the other, yeah, that stood out to me in terms of Villa and Spurs. But I guess what's key here is the timing of of, of why they're at the the, the bottom there is, yeah. is they're definitely neither, neither of them are cells this week, but I think it's potentially viable in 13. And I think there's a kind of similar situation with Palace, whether they're near the bottom of this table, but actually the primary reason for that is the fact they play Liverpool and Man City. Yeah. Um, in, in 16 and 17, so that neither of those, in fact, the Palace players are really good buys um, mm-hmm. at the moment. So that context is really key. And yeah, I think when you see any team like Arsenal or now Newcastle, you probably put them in that category near the top of that list. Mm. That's where you that's when you start to, you know, players can potentially become essential, for example. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal players are very easy buys right now, um, yeah. for sure. And, Palace. Um, yeah, Palace, we'll I def- a bit more later, won't we? Yeah, Palace, I definitely called wrong this week. I thought Burnley would put up more of a fight than they have, but I still mm. feel like I've got their championship performances stuck in my head compared to how we've <laughs> seen them in the seen them in the Prem, they feel like the weakest of the, I mean, maybe that's a bit of recency bias, but they do feel a little bit like the weakest of those newly promoted teams. Sheffield United have had a couple of games where they've been run over, particularly like the Newcastle game, but they've been in a lot of matches outside of that one. And and the same for Luton as well. We saw them yesterday. I don't really feel like we've got the same fight from, from Burnley at the weekend. So they feel like, yeah, one of those teams to target maybe more than I, more than I had done this week. When you yeah when you when you sent me the list of the xG conceded for the season and expected goals uh, by team, I did look at it and think actually this could be a season where we see the three promoted teams just go straight back down, because mm. um, they all three of them just look really poor. And yeah, despite Luton winning yesterday and, and playing really well by the way, yeah, like I feel like sorry they didn't win did they they drew, drew. but despite them getting despite them getting a good result like that they are really poor yeah like, yeah and we do we don't always see that every season. So I do, I do think there are some like teams that are very easy to target. Mm. And to be honest, I think Sheffield United in terms of FPL are probably the main team to target at the moment, which makes yeah me want to buy a Brighton player <laughs> soon as well. Yeah. And you can see it's not wouldn't just be for this week. Brighton have then got Nottingham Forest yeah. uh, the following week as well. So there, there, there are um, yeah I guess a few little swings, but not nearly as significant as the swings we saw from like game week eight, okay. which is yeah. why a lot of people wildcarded them. Um, yeah. The yeah. other one is probably Bournemouth. So they've, I've just put up the, so we've got on the right here, XG. So goals scored, expected goals scored on the right and expected goals conceded. So basically a, a good team is at the bottom of the t- t- list on the left and at the top of the list on the right. And a bad team is at the top of the list on the left and bottom of the team on the right. So Sheffield United, highest XG conceded and lowest XG non-penalty scored. Um, the other one is Bournemouth that I see right up there. Second worst offence so far this so far this season we're starting to get to a point I feel like over the first few weeks it's a lot of this is down to fixtures and who they've played but we've yeah. now got 11 games that we're starting to see that the fixtures tend to even out so a team like West Ham they have had a really difficult run and they probably haven't had enough easy fixtures to to boost them a little bit but we are starting to see the real top defenses and the the top attacks start to start to stand out in this one and 
as you say, Palace uh, top half defence and then, yeah, the top three, Arsenal, Manchester City, Newcastle. As a Chelsea fan, I hate looking at these charts because every chart we look at, I think we're like, we have the, mo- if, if results were based just off XG, we would be like third in the league, which is always such a painful <laughs> stat to see. Um, but defensively, we've been really good. Interesting to see how tonight's game go because Spurs are, yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of surprises. So Chelsea were one and then Everton are the one that really surprised yeah. me when I looked at this. But for both of them, and we're starting to see that in the data and it's maybe more sustainable because it's longer term, but it's come at a time when you wouldn't buy either anyway, mm. particularly Chelsea because of the fixtures. Yeah. Um, and with Everton, just because, I mean, who actually is like a viable asset from Everton and with there just being far, many, uh, yeah, far greater um, defender options within the game compared to Everton defence, which is, isn't a consideration because with mm. Everton, it's their, it's their attack that's... Um, yeah, fairly good as well. Um, yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of that is fixtures though. Like Everton, they've not played Chelsea, they've not played Newcastle, yeah. Spurs, they've not played Villa, they've not played City. So I think with Everton, there is a lot of that. With Chelsea, I think there is maybe a little bit more of they've been unlucky. Well, unlucky in, in the sense that they've created a lot of chances, but Nicholas Jackson exists, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and so they've, they've created a lot and uh, and not taken chances. So I think I think Chelsea will do, will, will do fairly well this season in the end. And this data indicates that, but it's not relevant right now for FBL. Yeah. And there's a couple of things like even though we had a full season of Newcastle data and then being extremely good last season, like the fact is again, it's carried on to into this season. Mm. They are just a team now that are a viable top, like top four or top six team, however you categorize it. Like yeah. which is you know, a lot of that is players they've bought, but I think even relative to that and the players they have available to them is, is wild really, how yeah. well they're how well they're doing. Yeah. Um, it, that stood out to me as well. And and I, I wonder if, I mean, Bournemouth, I don't think, even though they're, they're not far off Sheffield United there in terms of XG conceded, again, if you like look at their fixtures, they played City, Arsenal, Chelsea, mm. Brentford, Spurs and Liverpool already. Yeah. So I think Bournemouth are bad and we knew that already, but probably not quite as bad as this might suggest with them as well. Yeah. Um, whereas Luton are just, sorry, Sheffield United just target them. I think yeah. it's as simple as that with them. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, I suppose the only thing we mentioned Everton is we we should all just have Branthwaite as our as our cheap defender, right? Because they mm. they're right up there, and he's he, he's four million. And if you look for the next cheap defender in the list, like Burnley is the next one up, and they have such a worse defense in terms of underlying data. So if you were looking, I mean, he is you know you might need that point one or even point two if you go to Bulldog, who's down to three point eight now. But it it does feel like if all the money was in the world, you you'd pick Branthwaite as your, your cheap defender is probably the only thing on, on Everton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say as well, just looking at this, the XG conceded uh, column, I just find more interesting because it's just relevant to every single player within that defence. Yeah. Um, and the goalkeepers, whereas the XG, you know, it depends what percentage of players that's coming from within that yeah. team. So I, I find that particularly interesting like when mm. looking at this graphic. Aaron Palace are another one. I, I know they're only kind of a mid-table there on XG conceded. But if you look at this data from last season, they were right up there, like fourth or fifth or something. Yeah. Uh, and their defence was great. And it seems like they're maintaining that at least to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, when you consider their fixtures particularly uh, as well. Yeah. Um, and their fixtures coming up are, are nice as well. So they had have a difficult yeah. start yeah, to the yeah. season. So I, so I do expect like when Villa's fixtures get harder, um, like Brentford over the next couple are difficult, that we might see Palace creep up um the list a little bit i need to find a way mm. to get kieran trippier into my team is what i realize every time <laughs> i see this but my ticket to kieran trippier is is cole palmer i think in about game week 15 or so when the chelsea fixtures get better i think i mm. i just don't really have a route to to hit um to trippier until 
I'm happy to own Cole Palmer. Um, and they're they're ridiculous from that point. Chelsea's fixtures. Well, well, exactly. Like, so, so I'm more than happy massive. to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he looks yeah. like I'm. And, and the good thing about that as well is we'll 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 see Chelsea because Nkunku might be back in game week thirteen, which is a much faster return than than anyone ever expected. But we'll, mm. I'll get a couple of weeks to make sure I'm happy with where Cole Palmer is playing once once he comes back. But I do expect him to just go and play up front because I think it'll be an easy escape for Pochettino not to be playing Nicholas Jackson anymore. Cool. Yeah. Another thing I just add based on this as well is just a shame that there's no. I mean, some people do have Gordon. I don't think he's personally don't think he's particularly viable because of the other midfield options. But it's just a, a shame mm-hmm. that like neither Isaac or Wilson are viable. Wilson suddenly became yeah. viable, but now we know Isaac's back probably after the international break as well. And that's yeah. based on this data and also the fixture ticket we just looked at. Um, yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gordon's an interesting because his price, I think, he makes him like reasonable because if he was 6'5 mm. and he was in and around like Diaby Matoma then yeah I, I get it but he is playing for one of I suppose a team that we do expect to score a reasonable amount of goals and he is without Barnes he's, he plays he's playing a lot of minutes at the moment so I mean the goal of the weekend will will you know will get he'll get transfers in as a result not necessarily rightly or wrongly but he is one of the more nailed options in an attack that we do expect to score goals is the only thing yeah yeah, Eze is the, is the other player. As soon as I looked yeah. at his fixtures and Euro's back, I just straight away thought, yeah. yeah. Like, and the fact that he played 32 minutes, something like that, this weekend is good. Like often when players return from an injury that mm. uh, long term, they might initially only play 10 minutes, for example, and you yeah. see them return to play within like two or three game weeks with the fact, the fact that he's played 30 straight away is a really good sign. Yeah. Whether that's enough to like be really confident of a start next game week, uh, I'm not sure. I think he probably will start, but I don't mm. think we can know for certain. So, and the, the thing is, if people are considering as a, and I've thought this through because I will be, because I'll finally be selling Sterling next week, is the reality is you're probably considering maybe Matoma as the other alternative. Mm. And because of the, probably the higher likelihood of him, of him starting, you probably do just go for Matoma. But yeah, like Eze could start. And if I knew he was starting, I probably would just go for him. And yeah, I might just be tempted to to go for that because he's come back just in time for these fixtures as well. Yeah. And this kind of like the underlying data, which we'll come to as well, that we're seeing from him. Um, yeah, we, we've we've seen that in previous seasons, and it's the fact he is probably their penalty taker as well. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty massive. Yeah, so, yeah it, the, the coinciding with the fixtures is huge. That yeah. for that in terms of in terms of Eze. Yeah, he lay it on a plate for Mitchell. You know, played thirty minutes, got an assist again. Part of the reason I didn't want to start Chelsea mm. Charlie Taylor this weekend is because I knew Eze was back, and I thought even mm. if he comes off the bench, there'll be enough chances created that I'm pretty sure that the the Burnley won't keep a clean sheet. So. We've got a picture of Erling Haaland up on screen, but we have heard from Pep Guardiola's pre-Manchester City, uh, pre-Champions League press conference just now that he has said um, he would that Haaland will train this afternoon and will speak to the doctors. Yesterday he said he feels much better, so he might not be wrist on Tuesday in a Champions League game against Young Boys, which probably feels routine for Manchester City, but it definitely feels like. One of the things we're going to talk about is if he was out for the weekend, but it, especially given it's a fixture against Chelsea, right? If it was a fixture against, if it was Bournemouth at home next weekend, for example, maybe he goes and thinks, well, I, you know, if I leave him out, he gets the international break off. But from that, it sounds found, sounds pretty positive that he'll be back for the weekend. Yeah, I didn't actually know that until you said that. Um, yeah, someone yeah, in the chat said it and I just went and found it on Twitter that yeah. it's, it was like five minutes ago, yeah. 
it's just nice to know, I guess. Like yeah. the, the most annoying thing would have been to have uncertainty on whether he was going to play. Say, for example, if he wasn't in the squad the midweek, mm. and then you would be really unconfident of whether he would be starting on the weekend. But I think the fact he's saying he's going to train this afternoon, I don't think we should worry about that at all. No. He probably no. gets arrested midweek or even ideally he starts midweek and you know you know for certain he's fully fit. Yeah. And then he's ready for the weekend. So and to be honest, like this whole <laughs> this whole week with Haaland, um, I was thinking about it yesterday actually, because I I'm not even like a non-Salah captain or I don't even own Salah at the moment. Uh, and the fact that Salah played second means that I feel really good now. Where if, if it had been the other way around and Salah had played first and blanked, like, and then we'd been really excited about a Haaland Hall and it never happened. Yeah. You feel really deflated when you like the order of the games impacts yeah, it's true. how you feel, which which is like, should be irrelevant. But because like, for particularly for people who captained Salah this week, they'd been really excited for that fixture and then yeah. it flops. Like that's massive. It's just classic. It's the kind of thing you say like as a joke before a game week or like it'd be classic FPL if after all this Holland and Salah both blank and then yeah. we did. The one of them yeah. got one point. Like it's just absolutely, yeah, it's outrageous, but it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. How do you feel about other Manchester City assets? So people with sat there with, particularly Alvarez feels like the big one. Defensively, mm. they, they continue to do what Manchester City defence does, right? They are a top defence. They don't concede many chances. They concede low XG and then they concede a goal like they did at the weekend where it feels like they've won a game and they just switch off and it feels like it continues to happen. So with the upcoming fixtures, I feel like defensively you're, you're not buying. I mean, the ownership is really low. John Stones is back, which I think is a massive boost to him. I, I rate him so highly. I feel like he's so mm. key to, to what they do. Going forward, people will look at Doku after his massive haul at the weekend but as we were saying he had 0.5 XGI at the weekend and got five returns so he outperformed his expected data tenfold in that game which I mean is great for him but it means it's unlikely to continue every week you've got Grealish who will still want a game and he played so well against United it does feel a little bit like Alvarez is the only other one outside Haaland that I would still want to want to own do you feel different on Foden yeah. or or others no I feel exactly the same in general I'm just very tentative about Man City midfielders because of mm. that rotation I think even if you can predict it the fact that you could predict that one of them has dropped one week and you own them that's still a problem even if you're able to predict when that happens and the reality is we can't predict that with 100% accuracy anyway with Doku yeah like you said he massively overperformed his underlying data but even if he hadn't even if he had like had loads of huge huge chances and say scored a hat trick for example it is also just still one game yep. and you just need to like it, it maybe increases the chance of him playing the next game but you just have to zoom out and think like what are their fixtures like well at the moment they're pretty bad actually um although they've got um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, they've got Luton in 16. That's probably only their next like good fixture. Like, yeah, got... Is he a rotation risk? Yes. And he's not on penalties. Yeah. He gets subbed early when he starts often as well. So I don't, I don't, I don't think Doku's a good FPL asset at the moment, personally. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. And, and in, in general, even in terms of the defence, obviously Man City are, are without question the best defence in the league. But their fixtures are currently bad. 
they can be rotated really easily. So it's quite straightforward when you've got other viable options that are so cheap that mm. are playing every week and with good fixtures and from yeah. a good defence, like Gabriel, for example, or Saliba, someone like that. So I don't think any Man City players are buys right now, but with Alvarez, the fact you've got a Man City player that seemed as net seems as nailed as you possibly can be in a Man City team playing every single week until De Bruyne is back, which is in, in the new year, I think. Yeah. If you've got him, I think he's a great asset. And is if people own him, it's probably they've got Alvarez or Watkins, unless they are a team without Haaland. Mm. Um and with, with Watkins fixtures are suddenly about to get worse as well. Now's not the time to sell him either. So I think Alvarez is a really easy hold. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be looking to sell him unless we suddenly found out, which we now know is not the case, that Haaland was injured. That would be when it was suddenly viable that you would then make the switch to Alvarez. Yeah. Um, for example. So yeah, I honestly I don't I don't really like any Man City assets apart from Haaland uh, at the moment. Yeah. So Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, Spurs at home in their next three. I mean, I mean there are two home fixtures in there. And still, you know, fixtures that we expect City to win and, and score goals in, but yeah. maybe not Hall. Then it's Villa away, which falls in the midweek round of fixtures. So game week 15 is that midweek one where 14, 15, 16 is always the one where people start to stress about rotation because it's the Christmas midweek. And then we start to go into there's the next round of the cup and then we start to hit Christmas schedule. Um but yeah, Villa away, Luton away, Palace at home in 15, 16, 17 is, is mm. the time where we will be looking back to Manchester City assets. But then, of course, they blank in game week 18. And we've mentioned it a little bit over uh, chat about about chip strategy. And it's not something we need to massively cover, but it is people are starting to wonder about a game week 18, 18 free hit. Um, because actually the, the the big blanks looking at the end of the season, we don't necessarily think are going to be as damaging to our teams as maybe they are, they were and have been over the past couple of years. So yeah, one to keep an eye on, particularly game week 26, which is the cup EFL cup final. If Liverpool versus Newcastle is the cup final, which is what is in theory the, the market odds would be the final, then we do have blanks for Liverpool, Arsenal and Newcastle, which would be a reasonable blank. Um, but outside of that, game week 18, because of the Brentford and Manchester City fixtures either side, is is quite appealing. Um, so one to keep an eye out and one to, I suppose, think about that actually people tend to save their free hits till later on in the season and it doesn't feel like quite as needed this year as it, as it has done. Yeah, it's, it's not as... as um, it's unlikely to be as powerful later in the season, basically. Yeah. And I think with 18, based on conversations I've had with Ben Krellin and with Praz as well... Um, like they both think that 18 is very viable. Praz is eight, he's told me he's 80% likely to do it. Okay. Um, ben was more like 20 to 30% likely to do it. So it really shows how team dependent it is mm. and, and kind of how you read the EFL Cup fixtures going, for example. <coughs> but yeah, I wouldn't like worry about it too much for now, but in like two or three weeks, it might be worth really just knowing because that's when it might actually impact yeah. the transfers you make, yeah. particularly in terms of what we discussed about potentially Villa players being transfers out. If you if you really decide you're not going to free hit an 18, that suddenly might change your plans with Villa playing Sheffield United that week, for example. Suddenly, yeah. So it's definitely worth considering and will probably impact your transfers yeah. within a few weeks, but realistically, probably not this week. Yeah. That's probably too far away. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it feels like City are, are holds at the moment. The only one is is Alvarez. There, there isn't really... I mean, we, we don't have a segment on, on forwards in this, so it's probably worth just... just mentioning briefly on any forwards the one that's getting a lot of attention will be in Ketia because we don't actually have a return date on Gabriel Jesus yet it's likely to be by game week 15 or game week at the latest which is early December 
but the Arsenal mm. fixtures between now and then like are nice and we've we've seen it in previous times when he plays he does a lot of the points go through him when he when he plays it's it is worse for those assets around him um he is a really nice price right five and a half million it was something i considered potentially if Haaland was going to be out this weekend because i could do archer to enketia and and bench Haaland, mm. but Enketia is probably the only forward that people would really be looking at this week. Darwin is the other one, but he does play City away in 13. So it's probably not the ideal time to buy him. Yeah, It's, it's just if how you feel about Enketia. We've got the Arsenal stuff, um, the Arsenal heat map up on screen for the past couple of games, which is quite interesting. The one on the left is versus Newcastle and the one on the right is versus Sheffield United. Um I mean, the one against Newcastle is a little bit concerning um, generally for them as a team, how well Newcastle managed to deal with them as particularly their wingers, right? So if anyone watched the game, basically Martinelli and Saka were the where Arsenal thought they could get their, their joy in the game. But what they did is they dropped their two defensive midfielders basically to left and right defensive midfielders and sort of out just were two on one on Martinelli and Saka every time they got the ball. So Saka just tried to go forward and found that like Longstaff and Dan Byrne were stood in front of him or Longstaff and then Trippier in the second half. And and Martinelli found exactly the same. Eddie Howe did such a good tactical job of this game. Whether you say like the goal should have gone in or not, it's the way they completely nullified the Arsenal attack is, is quite something. And then you look on the right-hand side was the game against Sheffield United. Quite how little like... Saka in particular is involved in that game is is also a little bit concerning. The thing against um, Newcastle that's probably worth mentioning is the injuries they've got. Right, Odegaard not being in that team is quite is quite worrying because they they have no one who can do that role like he can, and no one that can help create. Which is why they relied on the wingers so much because in the middle of the park they had Inketia and Havertz, which just is not going to create chances like it does does when, when Odegaard so I suppose there's two things to cover here is do we see any concern with the Arsenal attack because when we looked at their underlying data as well um, they were quite a way down the list compared to where they were so I think they're 11th in the list mm. for XG so far this se- season and then when you look at heat maps that look like this as well it's not brilliant news for for Saka no, but yeah, I guess with these things, like I, I agree with you, like they've definitely been worse uh, going forward in general this season. But it's one of those things that's you've got to consider the context of a s- smaller period of games. Yeah, um, and it's, in fact, it's not just a Newcastle game where that happened. I think it's probably been it ha- a similar kind of thing happened in the Chelsea game, and maybe it's been overlooked a little because I think he got an assist in that match. Yeah, but in the in the in the in the Chelsea game, uh, which was a draw, wasn't it? I think two all or something. Yeah, he, how he, we didn't he, he win didn't that actually, game. He didn't have a shot in that game, Saka. No. Um, so it's happened a few times, but it's ultimately a small sample. And um, yeah, a lot of that's to do with not just because it's over the first um, 11 game weeks. It's not just the recent Jesus injury. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it's the fact he was out um, at the beginning of the season as well. It's the fact that Odegaard's maybe been out recently. I think relatively, we we, we know that at the end of the season, Arsenal are going to be right up there in terms of attacking underlying data. They will be because of their quality. And we know historically how good they are. Mm. And the fact is paired with great fixtures. I don't think it would really change my decisions on the 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 on the on players like Saka, for example. Um, but whether it would make me the fact Jesus is that whether it would make me buy Nketiah, I'm not sure, just because um I think it was mentioned by Arteta that 
he would be back by December or in in early December or yeah. something. Now that seems like a long time ago, but sorry, a long time away. But there's there's actually only two game weeks until December, yeah. so it's potentially like in two game weeks, yeah. Jesus could be back, and Inketi is suddenly a, the easiest sell ever. So yeah. they're just the with how valuable transfers are. I'm not sure I would consider Inketia either, even though the next two fixtures are, are really good. Just just for that reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and with Erd, yeah. Uh, do we know actually when Erdegaard um, is likely to be back? No. So I don't have Saka, and I wonder whether whether Odegaard is back or not will impact whether I buy Saka this week. And I was looking everywhere for Odegaard news and we literally, there was nothing on it mm. and I have seen it nowhere. Yeah. So I wanted to know, it will probably be mentioned in their pre-Champions League, but for him to miss a game like Newcastle and not even be on the bench is a little bit concerning. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, um, so yeah, I probably I feel mean, the same about you on Enketia. Like if you need a really short-term punt, like I can kind of understand it, but I I still feel like it's, it's too short term. Um, and although like right now, I don't feel like people massively need their transfers. But if you look at your team, I think from game week 13, 14, as we mentioned with the fixture swings, transfers suddenly become really, really precious again in a few weeks. So an Inketia transfer in just to transfer him out, I don't love. And the issue with him is, is his price that when you want to transfer him out, there isn't really someone to go to unless you downgrade him back to Archer again. So yeah, for me, it's it's a... It's a no one in Ketia just based off how long Jesus is likely to be out. For your team, Harry, it, like you've mentioned the fact that Erdegaard might or um, impact Saka's output yeah. because overall the teams were. But how much of that is outweighed by the fact that if Arsenal win a penalty, that increases the chance of Saka taking it as well, yeah. for example. That, because that's worth considering. Like mm-hmm. I do think that Saka's the like primary penalty taker yeah. and ultimately if he wants to take it, he will. Um but there's, there's, it seems to be a trend in general, actually, not just in Arsenal. Like, um, we don't know who's on penalties for Spurs, but I remember Andrew was asked about it and he said something like, oh, whoever feels good on the pitch at the time. Yeah. Like, I think, or maybe it was Madison in an interview. I, I can't remember. Um, yeah. But like that, that does seem to be a bit of a trend. But I do think Saka is ultimately on them. And say, for example, at the moment, you think there's like a 60% Saka, chance Saka takes a penalty, maybe 30% chance it's Erdegaard and 10% someone else. Mm. If you now think it's like 80 to 90% chance that Saka takes a penalty if they win one, that makes a good difference as well. Yeah. So that might even out, outweigh that difference in terms mm-hmm. of what Odegaard offers to Saka in terms of his attacking output as well. And I just think Saka's, in, he's in general an asset I think you'll want over the next six game weeks plus yeah. as well. Um, so, so I would say if, if, if you're definitely making a midfield transfer, and it's Saka or someone else, and it's for free either way. I think you definitely yeah. prioritise Saka this week, yeah, particularly because of Mbomo's mm. media fixtures in the next two. Um, but yeah, but if it's a case of rolling the transfer and then having more flexibility and potentially going somewhere else, it's not as straightforward, which yeah. might be the position you're in. Yeah, it is a little bit. We'll talk. I suppose the only other thing to mention is if we look at the past map on the left, right, is the one without Odegaard in it. If it means without Odegaard that they rely on their wingers a little bit more when he's not there and it means that they're going to rely on mm. Saka and Martinelli in a game at home to Burnley, again, it might actually, it might boost yeah. him a little bit because they need him a little bit more while while he's out. Um, just yeah. to follow on from that, we've got a list of, we just want to talk about generally about midfielders. So what we've got here is um, all midfielders ranked by uh, is ranked by non-penalty XGI, XGI, so in goal involvement so far this season. But you can infer the ones at the top of the list likely to have penalties as well. And then on the right, you've got those based on actual points so far this season. So Brian and Buemo at the top, joint top with Salah for non-pen 
uh, non-penalty XGI so far this season. Continues to be a player that I want back. I think I'll just wait for that game week 14 fixture swing. Salah, Son, Madison, Saka. And then you do have Eze right up there, right? So 6.1 he's down to now. And he's like seventh in the list. Bowen. Then you've got the Manchester United duo. And then you have a lot of the like cheaper mids that we're talking about. So they're not right up there, but you have... Huang, you have Gordon, you've got Mitoma, you've got like even down at the list, Diaby and then Doku at the bottom. So there's probably two conversations to have here. It's it's those like premium premium midfielders you've got. This just does highlight that Saka does continue to, to remain like still a mm. good asset despite not having scored for like, I think just over a month or something now. Um, mm. But then there's a lot of those cheap ones still fighting and, and competing competing quite well down at the bottom of the list. I've got Bowen, who... West Ham's performances have been a little bit frustrating over the past couple of weeks. Yes, he's got like his goal. Yes, he scored that... Got given that goal against Villa as well, which how he's quite come away with the, the goal in that game as well. I'm not quite sure. But I'm not massively confident on him. Eze's the one that stands out for me in here with their fixtures that, that are coming up. Right, so high up the list yeah. and the fixtures to come look great as well. Yeah, and the fact that's non-penalty XGI as well. I presume with SA that's an absolutely tiny sample size. Uh, it? it must be. Yeah, let's just basically but either way, but either way, we know we know long term that yeah. um how good his, his data is anyway, so it shouldn't come as a surprise. Yeah. But the fact there's non-penalty and the fact that he's on penalties is massive, as I yeah. discussed. And I'm in a, I'm in a position where I'm buying a midfielder this week as well. And um, I'm not considering Bowen, but I think in your position, he's definitely not a sell as well. No. Um, so I'm, I'm considering, uh, I've already got Saka, I've already got Mbwemo. So yeah, I'm considering Eze or Mitoma, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think there's a real argument for a player who's not on this list at all, which is Pascal Gross. And that might seem absolutely mad, but his 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 if you look at his XG, it's only 0.1 less than Mitoma's and mm-hmm. was last season as well. So there's a tiny difference. But it's more the fact that Jal Pedro is just not playing at the moment. Yeah. And so Gross is almost definitely the penalty taker. And last season, there was a lot of people buying. There was a period where we all had two or three of March, Matoma, and McAllister. Mm-hmm. And if McAllister, if McAllister wasn't taking penalties and it was Gross, it would very much have been March, Matoma, or Gross during that yeah. period. Like his non penalty uh, underlying data is not that far off theirs. Yeah. So if you give him penalties, he's, he's not far off them. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'd probably just about prefer Matoma, but I do think that Gross is viable to the extent that if someone's in a position where they're like 0.1 short of Matoma and they really want Matoma for Brighton's fixtures, I do think Gross is a viable alternative for that reason. Um, but and, and I just wanted to throw that out there because he's not yeah. on this list at all. Um, and yeah, and I think what you mentioned about. Gordon was important actually when I said he wasn't an option in terms of his price, and mm. that's where him and Huang, Chi, Huang He Chan uh, potential viable options because of their price. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's interesting that actually the players in the top half of that list are also a lot of the ones that are on penalties as well, mm-hmm. which it means a lot of those players in the bottom half just aren't real really viable for that option if yeah. they're not even matching them on non-penalty underlying data. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I just. I kind of wanted to mention Gross. I wanted to give a little shout out for him. I've never owned him in FPL, but I just feel like he maybe was overlooked. Mm. Is overlooked because he wasn't viable at all last season with him not taking penalties. And I wonder whether like he would will get close to Matoma or do similarly over the next few weeks. Yeah, Brighton's interesting because their next two is Sheffield United at home, which is great. But then it's Forest away. And we saw like Villa struggle in that fixture. And Forest at home, like their record at home, even going back into the parts of last season 
is pretty good. And then you get Chelsea away and then it's Brentford. So it does feel like you are buying Brighton really for this Sheffield United at home fixture. If you have a Brighton mm. asset or you don't have a Brighton asset away at Forest, I don't think it massively bothers me either way in my team. It does feel like you're really buying into them for that Sheffield United at home fixture and hoping you get the points this week, which then does make me think, well, if you don't own one now and you didn't buy them for the, where was it? Fulham at home, Everton away fixtures, which they haven't actually done like amazingly in. Is it a little bit too late? Because then we'll all want, while well, no one really owns Embuemo at the moment or not that many of us do. Some of us from, do, mate. Some of us do. Well, some <laughs> of us have still got all the players who are scoring points at the moment, it seems. Um, so, yeah. And then Embuemo in game week 14, right? Straight away after those next two Brighton fixtures. Yeah. Like Matoma to Embuemo, for anyone who's got Matoma, will be... Such a straightforward transfer, it seems. Yeah, that's a really good point. And in general, he's like Mbwemo is just such an absolute no-brainer yeah. from then. Like, I don't, I don't think you like need to rush to get Mbwemo in this week because of his fixtures. Although he's still a really good buy. Yeah. But the thing is with him is he's just, he's done so well so far. If you just look at points as well, but actually you look at his underlying data and he's pretty much matched it in terms of expected assists to assists, expected goals to goals. It's pretty much matched it. If anything, he's slightly lower. Mm. So it's not a situation um, like we've had in the past with, for example, um, who did we have it with last year with a Newcastle midfielder? Uh, Almiron. Who went on a run. Almiron, yeah. Almiron. yeah it was like scoring scoring like every week, an amazing start to the season, but his underlying data was poor and predictably it was unsustainable. Mm. Within Buemo, it's not just that he's matching it this season. It's last season when Tony was out and he was yeah. playing up there. He was, he was amazing. So he is the real deal. So I think if you don't have Mbwemo, he's a real like priority buy. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't think that he's it's not sustainable. It definitely is. Um, whether it's sustainable to even if it's not sustainable to this extent, he still still will be great just because he's so cheap as well. Yeah. Like he's a great asset. Yeah. We went through a couple of period games when Rico Henry got injured. They went through like two or three games of not knowing what to do. It feels like, and they were throwing like Mbwemo at wing back in times of those games, and it feels like. They then quickly sorted that out, but a lot of us sold him before they sorted it out. Um, And now they've come up with a solution to that fullback problem and he's back playing where where he should. So yeah, I mean, if you you didn't own, so I suppose this is the the key question on those those mid-price mids. If you didn't own, like let's say you didn't own any of them, would you bother going to Matoma first or would you just go straight to Mbwemo despite the next two fixtures? Or would you go to an Eze for the next two and then go in Buemo? Or, or are any of them worth it for two weeks before or you just get in Buemo for Liverpool and Arsenal and just have them in place and save a transfer? I think it's an interesting... I think a lot of it depends on the state of your team. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't own any of them, I think you would just get in Buemo straight away because the likelihood yeah. is you need those transfers elsewhere. But, but realistically, if people have just wildcard... Because a lot of people have wildcarded recently. Mm. And we've not had that many injuries since wildcards, really. There's been a few this week, like yeah. Udogi, Danber, and a few others. But most people's teams are set up pretty well. I think a lot of people can afford to go like Matoma for two and then Mbwemo um, yeah. straight after that. But then you also get into the... Like, if you get to game week uh, 14 and you're in, buying Mbwemo, you've then got a blank in 18 and people might start to think, oh, do I just wait and get him after his blank, for example? So... Mm. So, yeah, I probably would just get Mbwemo as priority, but it depends what state your team is as to whether you've prioritised someone first um, before that. But yeah, I definitely prefer other players for the next two. Mm. Like if it's just the next two fixtures, I would prefer Matoma and Eze, for example, 
but Embuemo in general is definitely the best yeah. asset of the three of those. Um, yeah, the blank's interesting. To be honest, if I look at a player at his price, it, from 14 to 21, even including the blank, I expect him to be the highest scoring player at his price, even with one less fixture, yeah. just looking at how good the fixtures are. Like the only fixture in there that I don't love is Villa at home, but Villa away mm. are not nearly as good as they are when they play at home. So like Brighton leaking goals, Sheffield United, Luton, like Wolves, Palace away maybe, and then Forest at home. But yeah, I can't wait to have him back in my team. And he's just going up and up in price is the only concern. He's up to 6.8. I just hope that he doesn't return in either, or at least in the Liverpool game, because if he returns again in Liverpool and then he's up to 6.9, I'm struggling for like the team that I want at the moment with him in. So yeah, I could do with them not rising anymore, but yeah, definitely a popular one and should be over the next few weeks as well. Another one I just mentioned is the whole Madison and Son thing because I've mm. I've just got Son. I've not got Madison, but I kind of wish I owned Madison just just because of the value. I feel like because I own Son, he actually becomes a viable sell for me um, to use that money elsewhere in a couple of weeks. Whereas with Madison, he's a, he's a far easier hold. But just the, the penalty situation with those two is just so so important. As soon as you know Madison's on penalties, yeah. If you did know that, he's automatically a way better asset than Son. Yeah. If you know Son's definitely on penalties, even despite his price, he's probably a better um, a better asset than, than Madison, but they've not had one all season. So um, you kind of like want to wait, don't you, and find mm. out. So people who own both will be really desperate for them to get a penalty in the next couple of weeks, not just to get points, but to find out who's on them. Yeah. Um, so I think with those two, it's interesting as well. And it's, it is worth bearing in mind with Spurs, again, that their fixtures have been like really, really good as well over this period. But regardless, there's no doubt they're both really good, really good assets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very interesting I think it's just an interesting time with in general with if and when you sell Villa or Spurs players to yeah. attack other fixtures particularly with Arsenal players Brighton players Eze um, for example and I think a lot of that is team dependent mm. but yeah in Buemo, yeah, like you said like even with that blank is his price isn't it Yeah, and like even if he, even yeah. if he dropped if, if his underlying data drops off and they don't win a penalty for the next like 10 game weeks he probably still is good value at that price that's yeah. the thing yeah like if he gets if he gets lucky, he's ludicrous value. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The only other thing to add on Embuemo is Afcon. Like it's a long way away, but he'll probably miss yeah. game week twenty one. But they are predicting that game week twenty may well be a double game week because isn't that weekend the is it the break or is it the there's a there's like because there's two weeks gap between mm. or like three weeks gap from game week twenty into game week twenty one. And there's like one week, which is the break week. And then the other one, which I think is the round, the semifinals of the cup, which they're both out of. So they both have like a really long break there. So it does make sense for that mm. picture that was cancelled in game week 18, just to go and stick it in game week 20 and likely to fall before he goes away to AFCON as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah. for that run, even if he does, you do, you know, not get him for game week 20, it still feels like a, like a really good buy. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with all that. Perfect. So um, the only, I think that was, that was everything. The final thing just to go through with this being mentioned quite a lot now is game week 13. So not this week coming up, but the one after that, the fixtures fall pretty poorly for a lot of the assets that we own, right? So we've got City against Liverpool. You've got Newcastle, Chelsea. You've got, I mean, Brentford, Arsenal, you could, you could argue, but particularly Spurs, Villa is, is the other one. And particularly a lot of us looking at our our defences own a lot of assets playing against each other going into that week. I mean, 
part of me thinks everyone's in the same boat, right? You might have a Brighton defender. You might have a Palace defender away at Luton. You might have one defender with a good fixture and then an Arsenal defender, for example. But to me, there's not loads that I'd want to buy going into this week anyway, because a lot of people might be looking at a transfer this week in defence or, or next week. The issue is those with good fixtures next week, maybe apart from Palace, like I wouldn't want to own long term. That's the issue you've got. Mm. So if you're watching and you're stressing about your defence looking at next week, it feels like just just suck it up for one week. I don't feel like you should be going and, and tearing out good defences just because they have one bad fixture or all your defence have one bad fixture. Like, like I look at my defence next going into 13. I have Liverpool away at City. I have Burn at home to Chelsea. I have Cash away at Spurs. And then... Gabrielle away at Brentford and Burnley at home to Pal- uh, home to West Ham. Like none of mm. them, I expect a particular clean sheet from. Maybe that's having more faith in Chelsea than I should. But generally, it's a pretty tough week for for defenses. And maybe you buy yeah. a Palace defender, but outside of that, it doesn't feel like it's worth tearing up your team for. Yeah, I think I think like maybe you buy a Palace defender. Maybe you buy Gabriel if you don't have him, for example, or Saliba if you're not confident in Gabriel's minutes. Mm. Um, but yeah, the thing that might change that if is if yeah. Cash has an injury, you switch to a Palace or Arsenal defender if that's long-term. So you might make a switch there or it might be that it becomes clear that Gomez is going to play more regularly than we initially thought. Yeah. So um, so, so maybe so maybe you drop Simicas. Um, so yeah, and, and they might maybe force people into moves. I think the interesting thing is with Simicas is we don't ultimately know, but I think the general feeling is that he played uh, Gomez instead of Simicas Um for a couple of reasons, either because Gomez is better at dealing with aerial threat, and if you look at kind of long ball data, Luton are like the most direct team in the league, or to allow Alexander Arnold to to cut inside and play in midfield when in possession, which means that Gomez shifts to a left centre back yeah. when they're in possession, and Simicas isn't as good there. Um, so if if that's the reason, there's every chance that could happen again in the next few game weeks. Um, the reason is I just I just had a quick look at the fixtures in terms of. You know why that might be the case, and actually, with um, if you if you look at their up, upcoming fixtures uh, in terms of Liverpool, they've they've got Sheffield United, Fulham, and Brentford within those next five. And actually, those three teams are really direct. So we think of Brentford as a really kind of good footballing side, which they are, but that can also mean playing direct football, which they are. So if you think that's the reason, there might be a bit of worry about Simicas mm. um, because it, he wasn't rested because we know Gomez played ninety minutes midweek. And Simicast was rested, then he didn't play in the weekend. So it could be that we see that happen again, but whether that's enough to worry about for a player that's that cheap is another question. Yeah. Um, and it could be that actually that game didn't go particularly well. So now they're less likely to do that and they're yeah. more likely to just play a flat back four with Simicast. So you know that extra information on on that will be helpful. And maybe Simicast does become a sell if he doesn't mm-hmm. play next weekend as well. Um, but who knows? I think it's probably worth waiting to find out on that one. And with, I don't know how you feel about Gabriel. Like for me, I'm. I don't own him, but I wouldn't be concerned about buying him either. I think when Arteta said that he was resting him after the international break, I think that was probably true. I think if yeah. if he had to, uh, if it was tactical, like he would have just said it was tactical. There's nothing; he's got nothing to hide with that either. Yeah. Um, I think there was some concern in the first two game weeks of the season because of that rumors about a Saudi move, or it could have yeah. been something else, for example. But I wouldn't be concerned about Gabriel now, and again, particularly because of his price. Yeah, I think I think the other thing that is reassuring on Gabriel is that. They didn't change system. They, game weeks like one to four, they were playing that weird, because Zinchenko was out and they were playing this weird like back three, which Gabriel didn't really fit in because he didn't want him as a left-sided like on his own. 
Um, but they haven't done that this time. Like when he missed out the other day, they just played Kivior there and it was just like exactly yeah. the same system as they played before. It wasn't like party at right back and like it wasn't that. It was just a straight swap, which does make me a little bit more confident on it. It does. And then Saliba didn't play in the cup, right? So he has rested both. He did rest them both. Just they, it came in the game that you didn't want him to be rested in. If they played like didn't play Saliba in the Burnley in the the game in the Sheffield United game and then played the other way around, like we would have no concern. It's just the way that it's fallen that it focuses our mind on it a little bit. So yeah, I don't have massive concerns over Gabriel. If you can afford Saliba though, I probably would do it just for just for safety mm. and just for a little bit of reassurance. Yeah, it might just mean that for people who were planning on buying, maybe buying Simicast this week um, and delayed it by a week to get more information. Maybe they go for Gabriel instead of Simicast, yeah. for example. That's yeah, where yeah. it might have an impact, but yeah. it could end up having an impact in this game week if we see, <laughs> uh, yeah, with the cash injury or if that's mm. longer term or, or, or if Simicast gets dropped again and we suddenly think that Simicast is going to play midweek and Gomez in the, yeah. on the weekends. But yeah, like you said, on game week 13, you know, it's all relative, like, everyone's going to have a bad team for that week. So it's not something to suddenly panic about if your mm. team's in a bad place either. Cool. So finally, we'll put our teams up for next week. So these are our teams for game week 12. Um, do you want to walk us through yours and how you're feeling on, on transfers? So, I mean, you've got Haaland and Cash flagged at the moment. You've got the Camty Armband currently on Bruno Fernandes. Um, which I'd love to hear a little bit more about whether you're you're thinking where you're thinking in terms of captaincy. Mm. Um, but yeah, your first ideas of transfers. Have you got two or, or just one? Yeah, I've got two transfers, and um, I guess to address the elephant in the room is the fact that I don't have Salah. That's because I've not wildcarded yet, and my plan is to buy Salah in fourteen, which I definitely will do. So it's kind of one more scary game week without owning Salah, mm. um, which means I've got to captain elsewhere. So I guess to cover captaincy is it's on Fernandez at the moment, but there's no. I mean, it could be Fernandez, it could be Saka, it might be Haaland. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it'll be one of those three. Um, Saka or Haaland feel a lot safer than Fernandez, but I just, I just think Fernandez is a great asset and it's a great fixture. So I might, I might just do it. Um, so yeah, I need to put a bit more thought into captaincy. It could be any of those three, but if I owned Salah, I'd 100% be captaining Salah uh, against Brentford. In terms of transfers, uh, I'll definitely be transferring out Sterling, um, and I'll transfer him to Matoma or Eze. Mm. Um, and then my other transfer will be, if I decide to make it, will be defensive. And I think I'll only make it if Cash is injured because there's no need to make a defensive transfer otherwise. No. Um, I think my move there would be Cash to Gabriel and then to play Gabriel over Simicast and have Simicast first sub. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's what my moves will be. And I think it's quite straightforward. Yeah. It then allows me to go into game week 13 where I'd probably captain Haaland, to be honest, um, against Liverpool. Um, In the 12 13 Never, ca 13, never, yeah. back, never back the early kickoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 13 captains. The captaincy this week, and I actually think game week 13 is both of them are, are quite interesting. And I think it'll be quite good because it means that captaincy won't like... Every, I think this week, a lot of people will default to Salah if you own him, a home fixture against Brentford. But as you say, game week 13, like captaincy will be difficult. Arsenal away at Brentford. I have I don't have enough confidence to to captain Saka in that. Spurs at home to Villa, City against Liverpool. As you say, like, do people yeah, risk? Yeah. Would you go Holland? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool's like Liverpool's defense is better than it was last season, but it's still not great. And I think mm. because of the other fixtures, there's not like a really obvious alternative. Yeah. 
if you if you if you had Saka against Burnley, for example, that week, it would be really obvious. Um, would be really obvious. I do wonder whether you will see some people go from. Um, I was going to say Mbwemo, he's playing Arsenal, isn't he? I was getting mixed up. Yeah, Bowen. even Mbwemo's not viable. Yeah. Bowen yeah, away maybe. Burnley. But yeah, yeah, possibly. But I, 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 yeah. I think you probably go. Um, I'll probably go. I'll probably go Haaland in thirteen. Mm. Um, yeah, and then then in in, in fourteen, I will. Um, I'll bring in Salah and probably Palmer for Simon Fernandez. That's the, that's the plan. Yeah. Um, but this week, I think it's quite straightforward. Like, I definitely need to remove Sterling. He's got City this week, so now's the time to finally do it. Hopefully, he gives me a little leaving gift this evening. I managed to get a return. Um, I don't think he will. Um, but the rest of my team is pretty good for next week, apart from yeah. not having Salah. I feel like it's okay. I feel like with even though I don't have Salah, I think of, with a lot of the alternatives I have with those players that maybe other people can't afford who have Salah and Haaland are players like Son and Trippier, for example. Mm. Whereas I've got a lot of those players already, Saka. So I feel fairly confident about next week. Yeah. And yeah, who knows if Fernandez captains he will hold. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, my, I feel like mine's both straightforward and actually a lot more complicated because so I don't have Saka um, I got two transfers I got 1.6 in the bank if I want to get Saka this week I have to sell either Matoma at home to Sheffield United Bowen at home to Forest, or Diaby at home to Fulham and like I understand if I had Saka in my team then I'd of course be happy with it but I don't know which of those three to take out if I take out Bowen I can do it in one move if I take out Matoma or Diaby I have to do it as part of a as part of two moves now if if Cash is injured and is not going to play this weekend, then 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 it becomes a little bit more straightforward because I can do Cash downgrade a little bit to free up the tiny bit of money that I need to do, like DRB up to um, DRB up to Saka because DRB to Saka is that's my move next week. If I don't do it this week, I'll do Cash and DRB out next week to go and get Saka in and a cheaper defender. So if, if Cash is injured this week, then it makes my life a little bit more straightforward, and I don't hate losing mm. DRB to get Saka, but it would have meant that I have to lose Cash and DRB to get Saka, which I don't like unless Cash is injured and then I don't mind it. You so, have two, two transfers, sorry, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of one of those weird ones where you're kind of like secretly hoping a player is injured. Yeah, I secret, <laughs> like, and it, yeah. It kind of doesn't make sense, but it kind of, it's just for your ease. Like I was thinking about that this week when Haaland was maybe injured in my head, I was thinking, oh, if Haaland's out for a few weeks, it just makes my life easy because I can just get Haaland out, Salah in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think in your, I think with your team, I think I probably if if you know Cash is fit, um, I think I probably would do that Bowen to Saka move just because yeah. Burnley's such a good fixture. That's tricky. That it's really tough. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like there's a massive amount of gain there, particularly no. for a play, you know, particularly because you're not captaining him, captaining him, for example. Um, are you are you going to captain Haaland against Chelsea? By the way, is is that set up right, or do you think you'll go Salah? Um, I think I'll probably end up on Salah, but mm. I don't think it's out of the question that I end up captaining Haaland. Um, mm. Especially like if, if we see like he's, let's say he's on the bench tomorrow night and he's fully fit going into that game of the weekend, then I I will really consider it. Brentford are like a top side and I think they will do well. Um, so I have no, I don't think Salah will walk the floor with, with Brentford. I do think Haaland can continue to do well. I... I I still like Watkins next week at home to Fulham. Yeah. Fulham are yeah. leaking goals and just it's just part of my my brain says like he's his online data for the past two games has remained good, particularly that Luton at home game. You could easily mm. come away from Fulham at home with a couple of returns in that game. So I I still 
I still quite, particularly if I end up selling Diaby, I, I quite like Watkins at home to Fulham as a big differential next weekend. But yeah. it'll probably end up on Salah because I'm boring. Yeah, I, I would definitely go for Salah if I was you. But just because ultimately Chelsea's defence is better than Brentford's, like mm. even though, yeah, it, it, yeah, if you look at the underlying data, like Chelsea's defence is better. Uh, and Chelsea's away from home, I guess that makes a difference as well. And Salah's just got, the extra point for a midfield goal, etc. I would, I would, I wouldn't, I would just go Salah without thinking about it personally mm. if, if I owned him. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is fun that there's lots of viable options though, and that's a, a good thing in general about this period is that they've got some people wildcarded in eight, with or without Haaland. You've got then people in wildcard ten, and some people like me not wildcarded yet, which means there is just more, yeah. just 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 far more variety in the game, which is a good thing as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's an exciting game week. Like <laughs> you'd expect it to be a very high scoring game week, wouldn't you? Look yeah. at those fixtures that our, both our teams have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I, yeah. I mean, if, if cash is out, it makes my life quite easy. Although selling DRB at home to Fulham is not something I really like. It does make the route to freeing up money a little bit easier than than it would be if cash is available. Because I think Saka is not worth selling DRB and cash for this week, but he is worth selling like just DRB for, particularly given the fixture next week. So maybe I hope that cash is injured and that he's not going to be available for next weekend. And then those two transfers kind of make themselves a little bit clearer to me. Um, but if not, yeah, I never put my team into models, but they did tell me I was unsure what to do this week. So I put it in this morning and they did say mm. Bowen to, to Saka was the, mm. was the move for it, which just the, the West Ham fixtures going forward. I find it hard to, hard to sell him, but their performances yeah. haven't been that great. I think it would be very interesting for you actually if you do end up doing the DRB and cash out. Um, if in a couple of weeks then you then you look at game week eighteen whether it suddenly just does, does become a really easy free hit for you actually. Yeah. Because you transferring out two players that play Sheffield United that week. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Like I think I said to you the other day, like even though you you don't particularly use uh, models to make decisions, you often make very <laughs> decisions you'd expect the model to make, based, yeah. very much based on fixtures basically. Yeah. You know, you don't, you kind of ignore form to an extent, yeah, and base a lot of your decisions on fixtures and play sensibly in terms of taking minimal hits, etc. So I'm not surprised that it suggests mm. the same move you were considering um, mm. as well. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting we're in a similar position. But yeah, for you, it's Saka, and it'd be interesting to see like whether I do end up going for Matoma or Eze as well. Eze might just tempt me. Yeah, yeah. The other uh, thing about me selling Bowen is is, is I can't get Trippier until I sell Bowen. And if I sell Trippier, if I sell Bowen this week, mm. it actually makes it a little bit easier to me to get Trippier sooner than maybe I'd planned. Um, because I, like selling DRB next week to to Palmer, for example, would be like fine. And then I could pretty, I think I can pretty much do, because if I did Bowen to, um, if I do Bowen to Saka next week, I'm pretty sure I can do like Cash and DRB to like Palmer and Trippier, which would get me Trippier in and I could stop having that headache every week. But maybe we'd be like you last season where you suddenly, the points dry off as soon as you buy him after all the weeks of pain. Yeah, yeah I had exactly the same, <laughs> exactly the same thing as you're having where you don't own Trippier and everyone's getting points from yeah. and your team doesn't. I had that exact thing last season yeah, and bought him and suddenly they got one clean sheet in 10 matches and he got like one assist. Yeah. Um, but I think I was, in, I think I chatted to you around about game week 10 or maybe even 11 and said, oh, like, now's not the time to buy Trippier. Mm. But now, like now that Arsenal fixes out of the way, do you know what I mean? Do, do, he does suddenly become a lot more viable, particularly when you get beyond 13, yeah. basically, when that Chelsea fixture is out of the way. Mm. It does suddenly feel like a nice time to, yeah. to to buy him again, for sure. Um, 
but also nice you can kind of cover the clean sheets to an extent just for yeah. your own mental Brian. health by having burn yeah <laughs> although although he went off injured at half time didn't he um so of course we'll he did, yeah. see whether my my decision of which goalkeepers to start this week was Gabriel, Charlie Taylor, or Dan Byrne, and I spent all week stressing about it, and then they all did nothing. Um, yeah. I'm quite glad Byrne went off because he was last on my bench, and I couldn't have faced benching Dan Byrne if if they have kept a clean sheet. But um, yeah, unfortunate mm. for for owners there for sure. Right, that is all the topics. We will do five minutes of questions in the chat. So we've got the chat up on stream now, so feel free to to fire away. Um, anything you want in the chat a few people asking about Matt Turner so obviously we saw him lose his place and with them keeping a clean sheet you'd fully expect him that to be that to be done now basically and him not to come back in based off that performance and result of the weekend I mean if he's your second keeper you can kind of leave him there but but let's say you were looking to make a goalkeeper transfer at the moment if you had Turner and he was your only goalkeeper Looking at those cheap options, how how do you feel about them? We we spoke a lot about Palace, their fixtures going forward. Johnson probably would be my number one pick, but he's up to mm. he's risen in price a few times, hasn't he? Yeah, Johnston maybe. Um, yeah, four six right equal, now. I mean, you could just go Ariola. Just the data for them is not great, but the fixtures are still fine for them. It depends how much money you've got. If you can just go Turner to Ariola, I think that's fine. Um, but if up to Johnston does work as well. Yeah, the thing with keepers as well is like you can look at the next six game weeks for West Ham that looks great, but that's just not realistic at all for a goalkeeper because nope. you're gonna have you're gonna have them in your team until you wildcard almost definitely, which could be in like uh, fifteen to twenty game weeks. Yeah. So what's more important is like that underlying data in terms of how good they are defensively. So that's why I'd probably yeah I'd really like Johnston, but it might just it might well be a budget thing that, that suddenly prices you out of a really important move you need mm-hmm. to do uh, uh, sooner as well. Um, in terms of underlying data defensively, like the teams <laughs> that are better are the teams where you're going to spend a bit more on a keeper. And I just don't yeah. think owning like Allison, Edison, or Pope is is viable at all um, with what you can do with the rest of that money yeah. um, at the moment. Um, I think Edison's like a good option at times in FPL, but only around like double game weeks essentially, or yeah. when he has really good fixes or at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah, I would I would probably go for Johnston. Yeah. Cool. Just before we do a few more, I am have forgotten to plug anything at all during this stream. So you've had an ad-free stream. But if you haven't already, please make sure you've liked the stream. There are 500 of you in and only 71 likes. And subscribe if you are new to the channel. Um, and Fancy Football Scout is still offering 20% off all memberships as well. There's lots of chat about Saka and Arsenal. We did cover it in quite a lot of detail, so we will probably leave it. But yeah. 8.6 is not necessarily performing at the moment to what we'd expect, but mm. we probably would expect to to move him off. A question here, Ward Prowse, he looks like his positioning has massively changed and has suddenly made a good asset, a pretty average one at best at the moment. If you had Ward Prowse and you're, you, let's say you, you didn't, well, maybe you have 0.2 and you can get up to, um, you can get up to someone like Matoma, but seven, mm. 7 million max you had... War prowess in your team. Where where would you be looking? Would you go down to to a Gordon, or would you be looking for a short? I suppose in Buemo is there, but if you had to come down from yeah. him, yeah. Um, if you had to come down from him, um, yeah, pro- probably uh, Gordon or Huang, maybe even Huang. If, yeah. you, if you're trying to save money, mm. yeah. Um, but I would, I would, yeah. If if, if you're selling him, I'd, I'd definitely prioritize Matoma or Gross 
um, or as a, as a first yeah, after Mbomo, obviously. But if you're looking to save money, yeah. then it would be Gordon or Juan. But yeah, Eze would probably Eze. be my priority after Mbomo. Yeah, Mbomo. that's true. Yeah, yeah, I suppose the only other one is... On, no, go on. On goalkeepers, quick, on goalkeepers quickly, just because I just was having a quick look at it. Like Pickford is maybe even viable now. Again, like their underlying data is like surprisingly good, isn't it? He's um, dropped yeah, his 4-4 four four now as well. Yeah, just just needs 4.4. Like I don't think he's suddenly a great keeper option, although I'm biased because I still own him. And he's actually been done quite well the last... You know, he got two clean sheets in a yeah. row before this week. Um, but yeah, in general, like he may, maybe he's a, a decent, cheaper keeper. Yeah. But I would still, I'd probably just try and find the extra for Johnston still. Mm. Cool. Uh, thoughts on, where was it? Kudus. Ah, he's a cheaper way into the um, West Ham team. He, you know, presume if you were buying new now, I would probably go for Kudus over going for for Bowen if he looks like he's going to keep mm. his place in the team uh, and Bowen you know that point eight or so difference now is probably not worth it um I suppose he's the other one that we haven't really mentioned in and around that that yeah. price um that maybe we should have given a little bit more more focus to 6.5 and their next fixtures are like they're probably better long term so they have Forest at home Burnley away Palace at home Spurs away Fulham away Wolves at home like the run does run quite nicely for them and I've been pretty impressed by him and he's played 90 minutes since he's come into the team he hasn't yeah. I mean Alvarez and Paqueta were suspended for this one but even when he started against Everton he played 90 there I do quite like him as well I, it would be him versus Eze for me I think it's, it's quite close between the two that's really interesting actually honestly I hadn't really considered him at all but yeah look yeah he played 90 in the last two hasn't he yeah so maybe I need to like actually for my own team put a bit more thought into him as well because I really hadn't just hadn't been on my radar at all because yeah. he's not been playing until recently. So yeah, I need to put a bit more thought into him as well. And kind of, I don't know what his data has been like uh, in the last few weeks. Let's mm. have a look. 0.86 um, against Brentford, which is pretty good, but then yeah. only 0.1 against Everton. But I think as a team, they were pretty low against Everton anyway. It's hard to know. Well, yeah, it's just it's just very difficult to know, isn't it? A lot of that will be your judgment based on just watching him play because we don't have enough data on him within the Premier League. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think he's like definitely a, a viable option, but yeah, it's ultimately a bigger gamble than a player like Eze, which is who's just a proven asset at a similar price. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. you know, Palace without any Europe. So like on Thursday, if Kudu mm. starts and the weekend comes around, you, you don't necessarily know he plays after Europe. We don't know all of that information yet. So that's probably the only caveat that we've got there. But the fixtures are like, I think Eze is like the next four. I think like Matoma is the next two. Whereas West Ham's fixtures is, is are good for the next six, right? So he's probably a better, slightly longer term option. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely an option. But yeah, I need to actually, <laughs> I need to have a think about that myself. So thanks for asking that question. No worries. <laughs> Final one is a couple of questions on any consideration for an Arsenal double up. If I mean, if they've already got a Saliba or a Gabriel, and you know they've got an injured cash, I quite like it. Their fixtures are. Yeah. Their fixtures are okay. Um, they've got a couple of nice ones over the next couple, which help over the next three or four. So yeah, if you can get to a Gabriel Cash, a Gabriel Saliba double up, I think it's probably quite ideal at the moment. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, and I think it's ideal because it's so unlikely you're going to have a double up in midfield because the amount of midfield options, basically. Yeah. Uh, pretty, like last season, I've been really kind of... Uh, tense, um, yeah, hesitant to suggest that because you know at some point you might want Martinelli and Saka or Saka and Jesus for example but I don't think that's really yeah. likely to be the case so I really like it yeah I think double Arsenal defence is very good cool we will leave it all there for today 
Um, we have run for just over an hour. So I hope um, hope you've enjoyed. I hope we've covered most of the hot topic questions. There'll be plenty of streams on the Fantasy Football Scout channel for the rest of the week. Um, Scoutcast tonight and then Deadline Dilemmas, etc. later on in the week to get you anything more you need with injury updates. Hopefully throughout the week um please make sure you like before you go and sam thank you very much for coming on i've had a very enjoyable hour and 10 minutes chatting fpl with you thanks mate i appreciate it nice to finally like meet you in person and yeah thanks everyone for tuning in appreciate appreciate it have a good week thanks everyone yeah have a good week and uh we'll see you all again or i will be back with andy again same time next week thanks all captain blue